Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. This is episode 10 of the podcast and I can't believe we are at double figures already and I'm sure it won't take long to get to episode with triple figures. It's flying by and I'm enjoying recording these episodes every week for you to listen to. I love sharing what we know about fishing and it's great to hear that you are all enjoying them. I had one message from one of our listeners um, said he binge listened to them while working this week, laying tiles uh, on the job. What a legend. Uh, and I'd love to hear what your, where you've been listening to your podcast or the podcast. So take a photo, post it on your Instagram story and tag us or if you don't have Instagram, just send us a message and let us know. Now, in this episode, Talis and I are talking about tips and techniques for spring golden perch. Now, I know in the previous episode, I shared a few key tips for golden perch, but in this episode, we're going to get more in depth with the techniques and exactly what to do during September and October. We cover how the fish behave and how it changes as the water temperature warms up. We touch on where to fish and what lures to use early in the season, and then how this changes as the water warms up. We talk from experience about the major lakes in the country, so Blowering, Burrenjuk, Eildon, Windermere, Copeton, and we touch on a few more others. The techniques we touch on are casting shallow in the shallow edges along grassy banks early in the season and then how to work the standing trees, including casting and fishing vertically on those structures, both lure and bait techniques. We also touch on bank walking along rivers and creeks as the temperature warms up this spring and the best lures and approach for this style of fishing. There is something for everyone in this episode and I hope you enjoy. Now, before we jump into the episode, I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsor who has made it all possible this very episode, which is Spotters. Spotters make incredible sunglasses and this year, again, they took out the AFTER Awards for Best Sunglasses at the show. They continue to innovate and create quality products, but today I wanted to talk to you about their photochromic range of lenses. Now, they have a range of incredible features, but what I love most is the fact that they adjust depending on the light, temperature, and UV that you're in, the conditions that you're wearing them in. So, what they will do is they'll actually get darker and lighter depending on your situation. The lens will actually adjust in front of your eyes. Now, there aren't many lenses out there that do this, but I love that uh, when I'm out on the river, I can wear my pair of spotters from first thing in the morning because the lens allows extra light through. Then once the sun gets up in the middle of the day, it will darken and cut out more light. Now, I don't know how I ever fished without them before and the penetrator model in the range is my pick for freshwater fishing because what it does is it enhances those shadows. So, early in the morning, you can see into those shadows. It lightens up everything, but then in the middle of the day, it's not too bright because they get darker. Now, you can check them out for yourself in any good tackle store or you can even view the entire range of spotter sunglasses and their features at spotters.com.au. Once again, a massive thank you to our sponsor for today's episode. If it wasn't for our great sponsors, we wouldn't be able to sit down and talk to you every single week. Now, without further ado, it's time to jump into this episode with Tal. I always enjoy sitting down with Tal. He is a legend angler and loves sharing everything he knows. So, without further ado, guys, let's jump in and talk about tips and techniques for spring golden perch. 
Welcome, welcome guys back to the Social Fishing Podcast. This is episode 10 and Talis and I once again are sitting down and talking more about fishing, exactly what we love. Thanks for joining me again, Tal. G'day everyone. Yeah, thanks Reese. Uh, this one should be a good, good topic to talk about. I'm keen for it. Yellows. Yellows, yes. They're good fun, aren't they? Oh, they sure are, yeah. Uh, you know, quite of that iconic uh, freshwater fish, but yellows are very yeah, close close followed by. They kind of get sort of left behind a little bit, don't they? They do, sort of. You know, everyone sees the cod as that, as that one fish, but I, f- I feel that you can have just as much fun with the yellows, and uh, there's so many different ways to target them, and um, yeah, there's so much fun. Because when you say that, we all we all love that trophy fish, and we've, we've had a session talking about cod, and yeah, we, we think, you know, they are the one and all, but it's good that we have seasons in the mm, year, and there's is. like the perfect yep. amount that by the time you get right around, you're like, yeah, yep. I'm keen for winter cod, exactly. and then by yep. the time winter goes, yeah, we're keen for yep. spring yellows, and exactly. that's why it's good that we've got closed season for cod, not only for the cod, but you kind of like cool, it gives you a reason to let's go chase yellows for exactly. three months. Yeah, winter's sort of, you're keen for it at the start, but then by the time, you know, you know, three months of cold, cold mornings, you're sort of sick of it and you just can't wait for it to warm up. <laughs> and you know, once it warms up, the fishing picks up too. Yeah. And there's just so many more different options um, in spring. Yeah, so it's not only yellows, you've got trout, you got, oh, exactly. you've got the impairments of cod if you still want now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's so many options now. Where in spring, it's sort of, you're a bit limited. I mean, sorry, not in spring, winter. in winter, you're a bit limited. Yep. Um, but in spring, buddy. There's, ex- there's, there's so heaps many. of fish, oh, yeah, and then there's yeah. heaps of ways to catch them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas winter, it's kind of like we've got to, you know, push it out with the techniques it. that yep. work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about tips and techniques for spring golden perch. Now, before we do, I just want to start off. We had a question come in. We haven't actually launched the questions uh, within the free accounts yet. That is coming very soon, as you would know, hearing the episode on and on every week. But I had a question from a fella, and, and he just asked me, and he was, when he started fishing, um, he didn't know what it meant by people saying cracking the code or, you know, that finding out the code or or doing the right thing and he thought it actually meant a specific retrieve or an exact thing to do so he was like i don't even know what this code is but what is it it's it's a mixture of things isn't it oh definitely there's no in fishing if you're talking about in fishing in general there's no one tactic one retrieve that's going to catch your fish every time it's all about for me understanding the fish understanding the way they behave at different time of years different water temperatures and Oh, there's just there's so many things. It's definitely not one one thing yeah. at all. No. So when people say find the pattern, crack the code, yeah. it more means do everything. And when you yep. figure out what made that fish bite, and if you can do it again and again yep. and again and again in that situation, yep. situation, yep. that's the code. That's yes, I guess so. But then the thing is, you might be cracking the code, and then you go it back changes. and it, it changes, and you know the weather changes, and and if you, you know, there's just so many different scenarios that you know you can try and crack the code in and a lot of the time that code is trip specific like if you go away to a waterway fish it for a weekend you might figure out that code for that weekend that's it but it pretty well doesn't count next time no that's exactly right yep so for those of you who are new to fishing and wonder what that term means it it, it just means figuring out the pattern in that situation exactly which basically gets you the results of catching fish that's right and that's massive with yellows yellows do have a Mm. quite a good pattern whereas Mm, murray cod are a bit different they are yep murray cod you can just get them bang 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 and then you're like where'd they what what happened (laughs) because you wrote that article that we've published on the site only recently transitioning from winter to spring for cod and there was one that you talked about there about the bite periods yeah of them in spring yeah there's it's cod are just that's just so hard to pick where with yellows are a bit different you can sort of if they're schooling and they're biting, you can nail them, you know, yeah. one after the other. But cod are, yeah, even in springtime, a bit different. 
Yeah. So a bit harder. Really. That's why quite a good fuck. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I mean, sorry, golden perch. Yeah, that's right. Golden because perch. you can catch. It's not just you know you want one bite of trip. It's okay. We've nailed one. Get back in working. there because you know we've found a school or we've found a technique that's, that's working. Yeah. So if you're new to chasing golden perch, you've never done it before, mm. great fish to start off with, especially oh, in spring. Yeah, God, you wouldn't want to start off on the big cod there. A little bit too hard. If you can start off on some yellows, that, that'll kick you right in the gear. And actually, I reckon that probably would have been a few, one of the, a couple of trips that started me off. It probably wasn't the big cod that um, got, yeah. me, got me into fishing. It was more the the summer fishing where you can go out there and you know nail ten yellows for the afternoon. And that's what got you into it. Yeah, I reckon so. Yep, yellows more than cod for sure, just because of how much fun it was and. Uh, I just loved it. The consistency of once you've figured yeah. out the pattern, that's you and right. your mates could go up and catch them yeah, and have fun. It. Yeah, that's right. Especially so when you're new to, new to a sport, you actually want to enjoy the fun before you kind of are happy to push through the hard times yeah. to get the result. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because when you do it for your first time, it is just unreal. Like if you if you go out there and and find a pattern and just find when they're biting and they're and the yellows in in spring, they're not small, they're big. Like <laughs> a lot of them are 55 centimeters plus and they fight hard. Probably hard, even harder than the cod, so mm. and light gear, light line, and man, you come in some some fun days. That's for sure. So it's more fun rather than a big hit of adrenaline that you get. Yeah, it probably cod. is. Yeah, you sort yeah. of hook him, and you know, oh shit, he's he's a good one. He's a good one. Yeah, and they and then they run, and it's good fun. It is, it's yeah. really good fun. Now, if you had heard that noise in the back, <laughs> that was my cod. I'd have seen that. What did he do? <laughs> oh, he nailed something. Is it, was it something in there? I don't know. No, I don't he think so. He just dug his head in the ground, and just went boom, boom, boom. So he's hungry. He's lit up. We're at the start of spring <laughs> yeah. and that the weather has just changed. And I know I talk about this cod quite a lot. The weather has just changed and he is a live barometer. He, mm-hmm. The last two weeks without this warmer weather, he yep. has gone mental yep. and he's out. He's looking at you and you know when he's hungry because he's looking at the glass. He wants food. Yeah, right. How was he over the weekend? Because I know the, um, the pressure dropped over Friday, Saturday. Was he yeah, uh, so, not too good then? Or? No, so we had that really warm period at the, the uh, end of August, start of September, yeah, yeah, yep. real warm. Like two like weeks good. ago, yep. And well, leading up to yeah. you're, like leading up to this weekend just gone, yep. if you're in sort of southern New South Wales, there's a cold snap mm-hmm. um, and there's, there's bushfires and real bad wind. There's bushfires up north mm-hmm. um, in Queensland and that. There's real bad winds that we all got. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, southern New South Wales, Victoria had a mad cold snap. Yeah. He went quiet. He was active yeah, for really. two weeks. He, really. I haven't seen him all winter. Yep. He lives under a log. He was active for two weeks. You can yep. see him. He's yeah. swimming around now. Yep. And over the weekend, he was quiet. Didn't oh, come yeah. out. Wow. Yep. Didn't want to feed. Yep. Just sat under his log. Yep. And that was a water temperature change yep. and a barometer change. Because yep. he's in a small tank, yep. the water fluctuates a lot. So it goes up in temp yep. and down in temp yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, it would. Not like the, the water out there. So that's why it's kind of a guide. But... He was he was going he was mental and um, then he went quiet. Yep, this just goes now, to show that how much yeah that the weather. Yeah, yep. yeah. and now he's mental mm. again. He's, That's right. He's yep. up. And the thing is, I th- I feel like that the weekend just gone. That could be the the final uh, or the, the final cold days we get. And I think from now on, it's just going to start to pick up and. Yeah, keep getting warmer and warmer, and that's when, yeah, you know, the good fishing's pretty close. Exactly. So what I talked about in the last podcast, because I touched on a little bit of stuff about golden perch, is that temperature and, and, and timing is really important. So that's what I want to touch on now is <laughs> is not the seasons, because we're talking about spring, spring sorry, mm-hmm. specifically, it's more when in spring mm-hmm. you fish for them. Now they go through a pattern. So, yep. and I talked about this in the last podcast, we're going to touch on it now as well, though, is, is temperature is really important, is. hey? Yes, definitely. And that's when you sort of, you know, springs. It's, th- it's a three-month period, and the water temp from the start of spring to the end of spring is is huge because it's warming up. So your tactics have changed immensely from the start to the finish. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the start like now can be tough but then as it starts to speak up by the end of november or the start of even just november in general that's when the fishing can be at its best it fires it does yeah because think of winter as your temperature is pretty well flat in winter there's a bit of a bowl same with summer it's like an upside down bowl but the the spring and autumn Mm. it's like a quick rise Mm -hmm. and the other way is quite a quick fall in autumn but spring because it's rising it's going from poor fishing to good that's right you get some insane fishing the, action. Yeah, my favourite month for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's good fun. Yeah. So timing-wise, as Talos mentioned, as you mentioned, early is tough. Mm-hmm. September is very tough, mm-hmm. especially the first two to three weeks, and now mm-hmm. especially because we had this cold snap. That's right, yep. So I'm going to say that in these lakes, southern lakes, Eildon, Burrenjuk, Blairing, mm-hmm. and all the streams and rivers around mm-hmm. here, the fishing probably won't switch on till probably the very end of September. Yeah, end of September, mid-October. Mid-October, they yeah. should be quite Mid-October, quite well. yeah, that's but when you know. If you're yep. fishing down around here in the next three weeks, you, you, the fishing will be slow. Yep. So so what what would your plan of attack be if you were going out and giving them a crack? Yep. Um, so if you would target yellows in winter, like we don't really do it because we know that it's, it's not going to happen. It's but not worth it. No, it's not. But just that little bit of water temp spike, you, you will start to catch them. It's going to mm-hmm. be tough, but you will still catch them. Um, usually uh, the weather's pretty good. Uh, the water's clear and um, the fish are out and about looking for sun. So if you can find yourself on a good spring day um, early in the season, even if the water temp is low, but the sun's high. Nice sunny day. Yeah, nice sunny day. And the, and the fish, because they've been in winter for the last three months, they're just looking for sun, looking for fresh food. And usually with this time of year, the, um, at the water rising, there's going to be fresh food on the edges, it's going to be sunny. And that's where you'll find them, up in the shallows. So fishing shallow. Yeah, definitely. So they're going to be pretty sluggish, but they're going to mm-hmm. be sitting there sunning mm-hmm. themselves. And if you can present, say, like a soft plastic, mm-hmm. something very naturally in yeah. front, it could be quite a bit of fun, eh? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I know, me and you done a trip last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't catch a fish, did we? But, no, but we, uh, we were using fly. It, yeah, you were using fly, I was using, um, using lures. Uh, we didn't catch a fish, uh, but we just went for a day sight fishing at Blairing. And how many did we see? Probably 15, mm, 15 yellows. or so. It was sort of, it wasn't a great day for it because it was a bit of cloud. So wet through patches where the sun would come out and then we'd spot them all. Then the cloud would come over and we wouldn't spot any. Um, but we had a few chances actually, didn't we? Yeah. That we sort of half stuffed up ourselves, but. Um, that was yeah. just getting too eager and just moving through the spot too quick. Yeah, probably, yeah, it's spooking. But there was a couple of chances where we, we had and they hadn't seen us and we sort of stuffed up a few things, but. Um, the, the fish were sitting in, always in less than two metres and some were even in half a metre of water. Yeah. You know, big, like 60 centimetre fish in a half a metre of water yeah. in, in, the, in the daylight. Sitting in kind of that grassy, yeah, reedy yeah, edges. Yeah, just and you using a suspending hard body? It was, yeah. Perfect that's probably my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can cast it out in front of them. It's light, it lands soft, and you can wind it down. And the ideal um, technique would just be to try and pause it in front of it. Because that suspending doesn't rise or fall. It just sits there. Of course, they're sluggish. You want it to stay in their face as long as you can, and then if you can just get in their face, give them a few little twitches, that might trigger the strike. Yeah, so that, that was very key about leaning softly. It was, yeah, because I know once, I, I remember once, I still like remember it plain as day, I, there was a good one sitting up near a log, I don't know if you remember, but I, I, oh, went, I, went, I went over him and I come in too hard and I sort of, yeah, stuffed it up and I ended up coming over the log way too hard and then as soon as it, yeah, just looked a bit unnatural, he shot out of there. So what you did is retri- you, retrieved, you retrieved it quite quick. Yeah, t- probably too quick. Yeah. And I, I sort of just rushed it a bit. And, yeah. so, so what you want to do is you want to run it through really slow, yep. pause it once you get their attention. Yep. Your twitch isn't a quick twitch. No, no. It's just just to drag a little bit and just yep. get a little tiny tap tap yep. and then just sit it there. Yep. And you just, if they're coming towards it, probably just leave it there, maybe drag it mm-hmm. slightly. Mm-hmm. And they're going to suck it in. Yep, exactly. If, if you, if That's you like. why your fly robbers would have been so good. 
Um, obviously, landing the cast is a bit, bit harder, but if you can get the fly in the zone, because the fly sinks so slow, um, yeah, it's a good technique to try. That was, yeah, yeah. We, we gave it a crack. We did, did yeah. end up catching it, absolutely. Oh, the big two, carp. We got carp two, each, carp. whopping huge carp, yeah. doing the same things, but it was, the yeah. carp can deal with the cold water a bit more, so that's, that's right, why yeah. we managed to catch them. Yeah. But there was yellows there, and then there'd be a carp there, yeah. so we'd have a cast here and there. Actually, your fish... You thought it was oh, yellow. No, I did. I thought it was the biggest yellow of all time. But it was on a lure. We just, I think it was just in the arvo. We sort of weren't sight fish anymore. We're just working a bank with a little spending hard body. Wind the down. Couldn't even see the lure and bang. I was on and I just thought it was a huge yellow. Because they are both our first carp out of Blair. It was, they yeah. Are that was extremely rare. rare to catch. They are, yeah. They're so hard. Mm. So to hook up good fish, you just thought, yeah, this is yeah. a cracker. And yellow. they went, oh, how big were they? Like, how big was yours? Do you remember how many centimetres? It was. Oh, would have been. It was eighty. Eighty. Odd, yeah, but it was. Yeah. It was over ten kilo. Carp. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine was similar, wasn't it? Yeah. Very big, very oh, big, big fish. But, but they're, they're doing the same thing as the yellows. They're sitting in shallow. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to chase yellows, you mm -hmm. want to fish shallow. If we go back a few more years, I used to fish blaring quite a lot early in the year, mm -hmm. um, because there was nowhere else to really fish. Yeah. And very key was I just did that. I just got in shallows, cruised around on yep. glass. Yep. It needs to be glassy yep. and full sun. Mm -hmm. You could see heaps. I even used to use really light lipless crankbaits, which probably weren't ideal. I wouldn't yeah. use them now. I'd yeah, use yeah. soft plastics or yeah. hard bodies. Yep. Even them, dropped them in, and if I just give them a little hop yep. and just drop them on their nose, they'd suck them in. Yeah, exactly. Good fun. Yep. Oh, yeah, so good. And, yeah, probably the the good areas are like the back of bays where there's twiggy trees and there's a bit of, bit of cover, a bit of weed. And, yeah, there's fresh food in the back of bays probably... The, the good spot. You I get think. that a lot in blaring. Eildon mm. is the same. Yep. Eildon would have mm -hmm. plenty of spots yep, like that yeah, as well. Yep. But one thing to note about Eildon, because it's further south, uh -huh. it doesn't really fire until mid-November, the end of November. Exactly. You know how we talk about blaring yep. fires sort of the end of October, yep. November. Yep. Eildon's even worse. Yeah. But then if we go north a bit, yep. you've got places like Windermere, yeah. it's firing pretty well now. Yeah. It's always early. It's, it's annoying because you see blokes up there catching them. And you just know that blaring's still a month, month and a half off firing. But Windermere, Windermere sorry, it, it's good because it just it, it start of spring. As soon as it warms up, they're on, and then they usually stay pretty consistent all through the war. It's a special through waterway spring. that one. It is. Yeah. I touched on it with uh, Steve Starling, who's fished it many, many, many times, yep. and he and he shared a few tips about how they used to fish from the bank, yeah, and that's okay. all they did. They yeah, drove right. the boats, pulled up on the banks, fished for the fish between the weed and the edge, yep. and then since because of pressure, he reckons. Okay. Um, and the weed beds aren't as good as they used to be, okay. they're fishing deeper down. Now oh, I know right. already uh, they're catching them working rocky banks down deep okay. very, very slowly. Yep. And those fish are coming over sucking up mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. that look like yabbies off yeah, the bottom okay. and you're on. Mm -hmm. But that's that's key is the timing. Timing is so important and that's mm -hmm. to do with sunlight and water temperature. But you don't want to follow the calendar. I know we follow calendars and we say yeah. usually here, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. You kind of got to follow the weather. So some okay. years at blaring. So say... So for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it up. We're gonna have early early season, mid season, late season. Yep. Early season, the fish are in shallow. Mm -hmm. You got to get them in shallow. Mid season, I've found quite a lot of times in blaring, they're in the schools, in the twiggy trees, yep. and they're quite active. They are. Yep. October, you can get that, that's when I feel like they're full on. They're switched on. End of October, start of November. Yep. They they and I've had but I've had that period happen. Yeah. About three years ago, it happened at the end of September. It happened yep. like the twenty something of September, and yeah, they were. Right. I know you blokes yep. were getting ten fish for the day of blaring, yep. which is a, a solid day. Yep. So they obviously we had a warmer, you know, it was warmer mm -hmm. leading right. into that year. Yep. So now we we had that warm start, but we had these cold snaps, mm -hmm. so it would have paused mm -hmm. it for a bit. Yep. So I'm going to say you need at least three weeks of sun, yep. two weeks of 
It, but for example, Windermere, it only needed one week of sun because Murray was catching fish straight away. Murray yeah, fishes right. up there yeah, a lot. Right. Yep. One week of sun, they were they were switching on. But it was yep. in the afternoon and it mm -hmm. was small bite windows. Mm -hmm. okay. So about two to three weeks after good stable weather, mm -hmm. they should be running quite well they should be. wherever yep. you fish. Yep. yep. Always at the start, they're going to be picky. Yeah. Um, and that's your tactics got to change. Where um, so in the start when it's, we're talking about that clear water, shallow stuff, I'm usually always running long leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah like four pound, six pound at the most probably. But then it, uh, in November when they're firing, like it, it doesn't matter as much because they, they, they just hit anything and yeah, you can run 12, 10 pound litres, which is fine. Especially because you'd be fishing um, further down, deeper, mm -hmm. less light. Yeah, so that true. super yeah, shallow, right. yeah, yeah. very important. Neat, yeah, I think uh, with yellows, leaders are pretty important. Um, I know I fished a few AYC uh, comps when I was a bit younger and there was times where blokes that were winning the comps, um, two pounds line class difference no way. was you know sort of getting them the bites and so just what were dropping, they just, you know sort of you, you, they were, weren't catching them on eight they dropped down to four, and then they'd start getting them less so than everyone else. It's it's not always going to be the case, but sometimes if you feel like it, someone's not right, it should be happening. Maybe just drop your line class, and sometimes it makes all the difference. And you only need to drop your leader, don't you? Yeah, just because your leader. Nah, nah, no, your braid's your fine. Nah. Uh, what kind of braid would you run anyway, all the time? Uh, I run eight. Yep. I know you run you're eight, yeah. Yeah, yeah eight and six. Six, yeah. Because I use not, the not trout much difference. Up. I think six six and eight's fine. Eight's, yeah, eight's probably perfect. And then you, just, you run your yeah, six or four pound leader. I usually run a six on early and then, you know, a six or eight, depending eight. on water clarity and whatever else. But and like you said, if it's super clear, you're yeah, fishing shallow, you can I'll drop be, to four if you want. Yeah, I'll be running yeah, four or six if it's super clear. and. And don't be afraid to extend your leader, make it you know three or four meters long. Yep, because and that could make nice all the difference. And because yeah. it's light, it'll go through the guides fine. Spin yeah, rods right. have yeah, massive that's guides. Yep. So it's that's it. That's damn stuff. And we're talking about damn stuff in a minute. Mm -hmm. the, in terms of the season, um, let's touch on rivers for a minute. Okay. Yeah. The same thing though. They're the same. You need. They they're going to take a while to warm mm -hmm. up. You're going to get mm -hmm. that few warm mm -hmm. weeks. You're going to get afternoon bites. Yep. Key yep. afternoon at the start Certainly. for sure. Yep. yep. And then through middle of October, yellows in the rivers are great oh, fun. Oh, they, they go off. November, yeah. same thing. But yep. towards November, you'll start to get morning bites as well. Yep. Because your water's well and truly warm. Yep. Um, so that's basically the same thing. And it's all to do with water temperature. So mm -hmm. once that water temp hits about 16, mm -hmm. they'll start chewing. Mm -hmm. Earlier on, they'll still chew if there's a spike. And I touched on this in the last podcast. Yep. Then come that 18, 20 degrees, they'll school up. They'll school up and they just fire. And um, in, in blaring, you find there's a two or three week period. I know it changes in other dams, but um, like you said, it, it changes what time of year it'll be, or who knows what it'll be this year. It just depends on the weather, but there, there will always be that two or three week period where they're just biting. And even there's a week where they're just biting flat out where you can't do anything wrong and you just nail them. And good, the last it? sort of two or three years, me and my old man have been lucky enough to be there at that right time and you just nail them every time. So when you figure out they're getting better, they're getting better, they're getting better, and bang. Then yep. you try to do a few trips, don't you? You do like a, yeah, a Friday night. Yep. You go, yep. you come home, and then you get up there the yep. afternoon after, and you stay Saturday night yep. and Sunday. And yeah, you got to make the most of it because it only comes around once a year, that hot, hot sort of period. Um, it, that, that's blaring for you though. But say Windermere, different. different. It'll it might be a two month stretch where you can catch them flat out consistently. Yeah, yep. it but, might have its one week of fire, but that yeah, would true. be like hundred fish yeah, that's for right, a weekend, yeah. which is a bunch which is uncommon here of up there at all. Like, no. Oh, I know me and you both haven't fished. Oh, have you fished it? Yeah, i fished it a couple of times, okay. yep. and I'm going next weekend. Yeah, exactly. So I've never fished it, so I'm just used to sort of talking about blaring and talking about blaring, but um, yep. yeah, Windermere is, 
That's what I've heard is certainly different. Windermere is more of a pressure thing that slows them down. True. So mm-hmm. with Windermere, blaring, we're saying you've got to wait, 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 bang. They Well, not wait, but you're going to get the firing fish Yeah, then. you always will. Yep. Windermere, it may fire well in November if no one fished it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So because it's it true. gets so much pressure, they yep. start firing. They, people catch them in winter. Yeah. But they start firing, and firing is like you can go and catch five for a session or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. Um, that's the start of September. And they, they feed really well into, it can be September, October, the very start of October mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. but the competitions start at the end of September. Yeah, that's right. And it gets all this pressure yeah. and, and they, they do bite, mm-hmm. but they, they slow down a bit. And then mm-hmm. there's a summer bite too. Over the whole summer, yeah. they feed really yep. well as well. Yep. But we're going up this weekend. So we're going to Windermere this weekend. Mm-hmm. There's a few of us fishing. I'm actually doing a fair bit of filming and Murray Stewart's joining awesome. me. Yep. Now he, he fishes, lives and breathes that place, fishes mm-hmm. it all the time. He's already yep. caught a couple of crack and fish. He had he got four or five the other day yep. in a in a half an hour window bite and it was awesome. the, said the sun come out and it was warm, mm-hmm. but he said what he's been doing is trying to chase them on fly. So if you're keen to do some visual fishing like we just talked about, mm-hmm. Windermere is the place to Certainly. do it. Yep. Off the bank, you actually can see them come in and out of the weed beds, yep. and you can just sight cast them yep. with. You could use spin as well. Definitely fly. Yeah. I'm not sure what the water. Um, what's the water level doing up there? Is it starting to get back on the rise or thirty percent rising? So, do you know? I'm not quite sure, but Windermere is very stable. Yeah, it is. It's yep. very, very stable. Like yep. it's only over the last 20, 25 years, it's only fluctuated between just under 30 and 60%. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's okay. quite a stable yeah, lake. Yep. And it doesn't like, for example, blaring every year, blaring yeah. will go, yep. um, summer it'll get down to 20, 30, mm-hmm. and it'll always go up to 60, 70, 80, back down to 20, 30. Because of the snow melt. And, yeah, yeah, and they're letting water through. Yeah, they use it for irrigation. Yep. That's right. But the Kajigong River, which runs through Windermere, is a very small waterway. Oh, okay. Very, okay. very small. So right. the inflow and the outflow is usually the same, and it doesn't have that up and down every year. Yep. It'll be like down for a few years, rain, it'll stay up yep. for a bit, but it won't be up at 100 because yep. yep. it's only been up to 60% in so long, but it averages that 40, 50, mm-hmm. 35. It's the low, It's lowest it's been in a long time, okay. but right. stably low. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's why I'm, there's weed beds. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like that's a, a key also. If the water's rising, the fish, that, the fish, it makes them push shallow. It's just like winter when, when the when the cod are pushing shallow because the water, the, the rising water, um, yep. yellows are definitely the same. So that's one thing. If 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 Blaren, for example, or Byron Jack or Ilden, for example, through yep. uh, spring, if from the very start of spring, if the water started to crash. Mm. fishing would be quite tough would be for sure yep um, and i've noticed they've already opened up the gates because there's not much water around and blaring's flowing out at 38 uh, meg okay yep. the day's coming out the bottom yep uh so that's quite a lot this early is, yeah. because of that Most warm so, snap yep. so if they're not letting that much in mm-hmm. and it's not at least staying mm-hmm. stable or rising mm-hmm. the fishing could be tough could be. they will yep. feed in november you'll get them yeah that's but right early season it could be tough because yep. they're not going to be sitting shallow that's right yep so that's something you got to think about too before you go for a session yeah definitely yep. and november i'm um, sorry and Eildon, as we said going a bit more south it's definitely a late waterway i wouldn't yep. chase yellows in september okay. there even mid-October, I've had some good sessions down there with Jack um, through October. Yep. But crazy good sessions is November. Yep. Okay. In Eildon. And is Eildon, Eildon's a bit different because of, is a flat grassy banks as much as Blaring or is it a bit, I know Barrenjuk, it could be could be similar. I know Barrenjuk, you wouldn't go up to Barrenjuk now and fish the flats because there's not, you know, there's not really many flats. It's more, the fish will be pretty deep most, most of the on year. On standing trees. On standing trees and rocky banks, but there's just not them flats like Blaring. Like you wouldn't go to Barrenjuk or Eildon, I'm, I'm guessing, um, 
and target them on the flats. No, so you like would have win to me. Yeah, you would have win me. Yeah, Ild yep. yep. and no. So Ilden, similar to Barrenjuk, would you say? Yeah, yeah, similar to Barrenjuk, yep. not quite as steep, I guess. Um, yeah. But but Ilden, you've got down near the wall, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Barrenjuk for those of you who've never fished Ilden, but have right. fished Barrenjuk, right? It's yep. it's got quite steep banks, timber everywhere, standing trees everywhere, yep. um, quite steep stuff. If you come around and up to the top where the Delatite is, yep. now the Delatite um, is kind of just rolling hill. So they're rolling rocky hills, right. and they've got bays. They do have shallow mm-hmm. flats, so you could go. You actually could go up there and chase them mm-hmm. in the shallows, and mm-hmm. that'd be good fun as long as it's clear enough. Yep. Um, and then up in Bonnie Dune, say, it's quite flat up there in the creeks, right. but it's got to be at the right height. It's yep. it's not actually that high at the minute that yep. those areas would be covered. Right. But there are definitely there's that much water up there. There'd be plenty of bays and flat spots to fish, mm-hmm. not. As much as Blaring, but yeah, Eildon. I, I haven't done it. I've never fished shallow early at Eildon. Okay. Some people may have, yep. um, but if you are around in that area, definitely go give it a crack. Go if you are going to go fish for yellows in Eildon in September, start of October. I'd be yep. starting off in those shallow bays for sure. Yep, and then yeah, in the shallow. Yeah, they're going to be up shallow at the start of spring. That's for sure. Yeah, and then push slowly deeper and deeper. But yep. they're they're going to be on the rocky banks, shallow as well. So they might be sitting in shallow on some of those rocky mm-hmm. banks, sunning themselves. Because mm-hmm. I've been to Eildon actually um, in about mid-October and I've sighted, haven't caught them, but sighted right. them early because it was a cold snap. Yeah. They're actually sitting shallow. Right. They weren't real switched on, but we spotted heaps okay. right yep. up in yep. the back of the bays. Yep. sitting, But not necessarily a flat bank, like a rocky bank, right but up. sitting high yeah, okay. like carp do, yep. sitting against the rocky yeah, edges. Cool. So every dam's different. Like, yeah, oh, they're so different. They all fluctuate so much. They sort of can be pretty similar for cod, but yellows I feel like Every dam's got its own little, yeah, own little treats. But yeah, yeah, like like that whole Windermere is just on its a level of its own. It, it is, yeah, it's definitely the yellow. Uh, and then you've got stuff like you got further up. There's so many more dams we're not oh, even talking is, about. Yeah, you've right. got Wyangla yeah, as well. Wyangla, yep. Quite a rocky dam, yeah, very yeah. similar nature to Burrendong. Yep. And you've got Burrendong, which is a very big shame because it's almost not worth talking about Burrendong. I don't even know how it's going to fish or if anyone's going to fish it. It's only sitting at 4%, I yeah, think. Well, There's yep. no water so, in it. Yeah. And they usually have that competition there in April. Uh, they didn't yeah, have it last April. So I know that waterway, a lot of the standing trees is where you want to target them. Yeah, for sure. Same with Burrendong. Yeah, Burrendong's standing trees are massive. Mm-hmm. Um, Copeton, I'm not all that sure in terms of exactly where and at what time they feed, but yep. I know based on social media and watching people, yep. it's very similar to what happens down here. As you hit the end mm. of spring, October, November, they all start firing. So sort of at the start of spring, the yellows are um, pretty dependent on structure as well. So you'll find um, they won't be schooling on a rocky point as such. They'll be more um, schooling in the twiggy trees around or timber. around timber, which which because um, they're looking for food at the start. They're not more concentrated on breeding, they're concentrated on just get, getting a feed after the you know the winter cold snap. So if there's gonna be food around the twiggy trees and them grassy flats, um, that's definitely probably a key spot to target. Yeah. I know you've had some success on the twiggy trees. Yeah, so as you said, you start super shallow early, but then come the end of September, October, especially blaring, yep. I know Burrenjuk and that, like you said, they go on the, the, the trees and you've got, there's two different trees. You've got younger sapling trees and then you've got the heavy standing trees. Yep, yep. So from lakes that are flooded forest kind of thing, well, actually most lakes have heavy standing trees. Lake True. Hume, yep. Lake Hume loaded with heavy timber. Mm-hmm. And come October, fishing around that heavy timber, yellows will school on specific spots. That's where you want to fish. Yep. So trolling around those trees is yeah, key. Great, just structure great technique. They, they, you can just find schools on each tree and just, no matter what, there's usually going to be 
fish around trees, you know what it's like with any any sort of fishing. If there's structure, there's going to be fish there. And um, yeah, just working your lures around that, that them areas and um, yeah, just trying to find the, the feeding fish. Exactly. Well, with Hume, there's hundreds, thousands of trees. And mm-hmm. uh, when we first fished it, it's a bit scary because you're like, where do we go? And then what you want to do is pick a key spot. What I like to do is pick um, maybe between, in a bay, yep. on the outer edges of the bay between the points, there's yep. a bit of, there'll be a bit of water movement around because of wind. Yep. Those areas are good to concentrate on. Try them. And on the trees that sit on the outside of the clusters, try them. Mm. And, and what Absolutely. I do is I troll around. And if you don't have a sounder, if you catch a fish, don't move. Yep. If you do have a sounder, keep going until you find them. Yep, when you right. find them, just keep trolling around yep. them. Um, you can move on to find new schools, but chances are in the whole lake, in the area you're fishing, they're all either going to be feeding or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you do catch a few off one school, then move. Definitely. Like if you've caught two or three and they're all quiet, then move. So trolling... Diving hard bodies, small diving yep, hard bodies yep. is, works. Yep. I know people who troll lipless crankbaits and yep, blades. Yep. Um, trolling around them is great. Now, the other thing you can do is cast them. So when cast you find them, them on the schools, you, you pull up and you cast to them. And like I said, there's two types of trees. There's the heavy timber, uh-huh. and the then some tip. lakes have those sapling trees. And I know Lake Eildon has them. Blaring yeah, is the a, only kind of structure yeah, that yep. has, because yep. there's no standing trees yep. in Blaring. Yep. So that's the only form of standing trees. Mm. And I prefer them. One, maybe because I fish blaring all the time, but okay. even in Eildon, I prefer them yeah. in Eildon because there's so much food in them. There is, yep. Because they're only light timber. Little bait fish can get yeah. in and hide in them exactly. much easier than the heavy timbers. It's yep. just one trunk. Yeah, exactly. Plus, it's, there's more for the, the yellows to hide in. Yep. And you have a win-win. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. I think they're better. Yep, for sure. So, the fish, um, because it's, it's timber, obviously, you can usually spot it. Um, and, yep. it's, and it's out of the water so the yellow is going to sit at all different heights it's not going to be on its stump that's on the bottom it's going to be um, you want to be sort of using slow sinking lures to work the outer edges of the trees and you know watch your lure sort of just trying to get your lure to fall down the side and even just work trying to work it back up the side of the trees because um, it's not going to be all just on the bottom the fish aren't just going to be around the bottom of the tree they're going to be you know sitting up high sitting in there and yeah, I think working, you know, slow, slow, slow falling lures around the tree is probably your best bet. So you're saying if you were casting to a tree, right? Yep. You come in, you get close enough to cast. Say, for example, say we've got a ball of twiggy trees, yep. or we've got three or four cluster of big heavy trees. What, yep. what do you, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you just approach it and you, you tr- just try and work out what picture what's under the water, and you know there's going to be fish there, but you just want to sort of. Um, obviously, you don't want to be casting right in the middle of them because they're, they're terrible with the snagging, but you just want to try and work the outer edges because so you know the fish are going to be sitting around them. You cast to the edge to and the then edge. also past the edge, like go past yep. to allow your yep. lure to sink. Yep, exactly. Yep. And then just sort of, instead of just try, just working your lure on the bottom, maybe a few big hops up the tree because um, you've just got a picture there's fish going to be all around them, not just yeah on, on the bottom. bottom. Mm. So we, for example, if you're fishing, depth doesn't matter. So that's what I'm getting at. Depth does no, not, not matter. All, no. And I actually prefer to fish the ones in like 8 metres, 10 metres. I'll yep. cast in. Yep. Um, say I'm using either, I like to use soft plastics yep. or lipless crankbait or a blade. So say yep. I use a soft plastic, I'll cast just past this, this, this tree outside of it because mm-hmm. you cast in it, like you said, yep. you snag, you right. ruined it. Yep. Let it sink, one, two, three, four, then I'll just start slow rolling. And that'll come through only two yeah. metres deep. Yeah, so it'll right. come through the top. Then you do another one, you let it sink a little bit further, yep, exactly. roll it through, yep. do it, and you're fishing that way, you're doing like five casts to figure out at what depth they're at. That's right. And when you do figure out at what depth they're at, it doesn't mean they're only at that depth, they're probably going to be up and down yeah, the whole right. tree. Exactly. But you don't want to just cover one one cast, 
does not cover the whole tree. No, not at all. No. Because, yeah, like you said, they could be sitting at any different depth. And sometimes you will find a pattern that they will be sitting higher than higher than lower, but a lot of the times they'll be they'll be anywhere and it's just about mixing it up and um, yeah, trying to, yeah. Trying figure to out where they are. Where they are. Yep. And a lot of the times, actually, to be honest, they're, uh, they're not on the bottom. No, nah, not at all. No. <laughs> sometimes, but normally they're mid, mid-tree. mid Definitely. Yep. And on a deep tree, like 12 metres, they're usually only about four or five metres down. Yep. They're never really down on the bottom. Because yep. another thing I find, and a lot of the ones we fish in blaring is, um, there's a couple of spots where the trees come right out in this bay that's super windy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the wind actually flows through these trees like mad. Yep which means food's going through those yep. trees yep. and they're actually sitting up quite high. Yep, definitely. Waiting for that food to come across. Yep. Uh, another technique I want to touch on, I know we don't do it as much because we fish blaring a lot, we don't really do it too much, but I know whenever I go to Bone Jack, I'll try this. Uh, it's rolling trees. Most fishermen probably would have heard it, heard about it. Um, it's, yeah, just a technique of pulling up to trees and working, I'm, I'm talking about the big standing timber um, and working them with plastics or vertically, yeah, vertically with any sort of lures. So I've done a fair bit of imbaranjuk, and that's what the tactics I use when I was fishing them comps, the AYCs. Um, and it, it can be fun. It's not. It's no. It's not your casting and sort of that. You sort of. It's a bit more. Not not as fun. If yeah. you know what I mean. But um, yeah, it's just about dropping, and it's just a deadly technique because it works so well. You cover it. You're on structure the whole time. You drop it down. You can work the bottom, work it up, and then. Sometimes the fish will hit yeah, right at the boat. Other times I'll be on the bottom. And yeah, it's a really good technique. Well, what I was going to say is when it comes to fishing standing trees for yellows, that's probably more popular and more heard of than what it we is. were just talking about. So for sure. we were just talking about casting to a tree and approaching it and casting. Yep. And I much prefer it because it's more active. And I know you do too. Yeah, I do. But like you said, rolling trees or grubbing trees or vertically jigging, people call it. Yep. It, is, it, it works really well. Yep, it does. It's almost similar to bait fishing because you're yes. sitting there but you are still lure fishing yeah that's right and they still hit just as hard because you, your lure's always you're moving, moving. Yeah. yeah and and the reason it works is because your lure is always in the zone always yeah so it's not going in and out in and out yep. in and out it's so what do you do you, you pull up to a tree and usually yep. the best thing to do is drive around the trees and find the schools on the sounder yeah that's definitely tie up to the tree yep and you basically just drop it down. Do you drop it right on it or just a foot off it? Or Oh, you mix it up. You, just, you usually don't drop your lure in the same spot every time, but I feel like the closer to the tree, the better. Yep. Um, the fish, they're going to be on it, waiting to ambush, and if you can just roll it right up next to the tree, they just they whack it. So what do you, you drop it right to the bottom? Right to the bottom, usually and a then, few slow lifts on the bottom, because obviously probably the, they might be on the bottom usually. Close and, to the yeah, bottom. Yeah, close to the bottom anyway. And then you just, yeah, slowly wind it up. A few pauses here and there. Just you mix it up. Like it's still it's still exciting because you do have to mix it up. And like I said, sometimes I hit, I'll hit on the bottom. Other times they'll be they'll follow you right up to the boat. And do you do that? Um, what time of year when they're really active? Uh, in Barrenjuk, it's uh, all the times. Yeah, cause if I was going to go to Barrenjuk, uh, like now, now, I'd definitely do that. Um, and then in summer, it's yeah, it's an all all year round. Barrenjuk's a bit different to blaring. Where in blaring, you will not catch him. Or you probably won't catch them in winter, but in locks sort of now. But um, in Barrenjuk, you can sort of catch them all year round. And that's a good technique because they're sitting on yeah. the school in schools on yeah. the trees, pretty sluggish. Yeah, they are. And no matter what time of year, you will find fish on them trees. Yeah, yeah. And uh, up, up there. What lures are you using? For that uh, technique? Usually, uh, black three-inch gulp grubs. Minnow grubs. Yeah, yeah, minnow, yeah, they're the best. Usually, on like a quarter-ounce jigger with a size one hook. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. They're yeah. probably the perfect. But Set but up. any lure is going to work. But that's probably the ideal one. Yeah, and then easy to use and blades would work. Long. Blades, lipless crankbaits. Yep, and just any soft sort plastic. of curl tail, 
plastic that you know has a bit of action yeah would work fine no matter what color really whereas when i'm fishing if i'm fishing say for the flat grassy banks um and i want to use a soft plastic like a lightly weighted mm -hmm. i'd prefer a paddle tail um mm. for that okay. or even casting to my twiggy trees i prefer okay. a paddle tail because it's like a fish swimming out true but then again curl tails work just as yeah, well the do. grubs yep. work really well yep. on those trees yep it's probably a lot of thing too that might help with that is the fact that those grubs have got scent true because they're all schooled up on the trees the smell yeah. of it up and down the tree definitely especially dirtier water because barrenjack can get quite murky mm -hmm. yep. so um so if you obviously you use your quarter ounce jig heads because they're, they're, they're that's quite heavy because you want to get to the bottom as soon as you can i know sometimes they will hit on the drop um you know maybe one out of every 15 fish but a lot of the time it's going to be on the wind back up so you sort of want to Get it down there as quick as you can with the quarter ounce and wind up slowly because it doesn't matter. Because you're just fishing it up, you can control what speed it comes up yep. as. Um, but then when you're fishing your flats, you know, your, your one-eighths to one-twelfths, one-sixteenths, there's going to be more. more yeah. So so you're kind of cutting out a lot of the elements when you're doing that up and down because you're fishing yeah. a column. So it's pretty foolproof, really. Yeah, like, that's right. If you want to take mates out and fish. That, yeah, every that. time for sure. Yeah, you, you'll catch them yeah, nearly every time. Because they don't need to be able to cast. Yep. They don't need no, to be able right. to control their lure no. and feel it. Yep. It's just, you can just wind watch them just wind it up. Yep, Slack right. line doesn't matter, nothing yep. matters. No, that's it. it. Yeah. And it works in Barrenjuck, that's where I've used it. But Ilden. Ilden. Coped it. Yeah, all them but Blaring doesn't, because there's no... Standing trees. Oh, every now and again you might get a standing tree, but it's, yeah. Very in Barrenjuck it's good, because you can, you know, if you don't have a sound or whatever, you can go to a tree, five drops, not, nothing, next one. Yeah. And yeah, keep going. And sometimes there'll be nothing for so many trees. You find a tree and bang, you've just got five in Yeah, in 20 minutes. And it works in Windermere as well. Anywhere yeah. that's really got heavy standing trees, Lake Hume, yep. Lake yep. Hume, massive technique. And just some trees, you can't, pick it. sometimes you can't pick it, but just some trees will just have more fish than others. And sometimes you'll just nail the tree and then you just nail them because they're schooled up around this one tree. And they, have you found that they're always on the same tree or do you have to then go back and you're like, oh, they're not here? Go yeah, find a new tree. sometimes definitely, yeah, because they, they move around. Yeah, you wouldn't, yeah. They do move, so definitely. it's not always mm, the mm, same tree. Mm, sure. It's worth a crack to check it, try. Yep. And it, say you um, go past, you can see a few on the sounder. Yep. How long would you spend on the tree? I know it depends on what time of year, but say we're now, we're now, say October, yeah. fishing yellows should be biting. Yeah. How many drops? Not, not many, probably five, like I said. Five would be probably enough. Yeah, and if you it don't it get depends a touch. on the depth as well. If it's a you know sort of because you're going to be fishing trees from you know from five meters to twenty meters in Barrenjuk because some of them trees are huge. You can and you can you know twenty meters ones you'd only work a couple of times. But then if it's shallower you'd sort of work it you know five to ten. But don't waste too I'm, much time. I'm more of a you know quick that style fishing. You fish pretty quick because a lot of the times it's going to be that first drop. So if we just want to touch on now just for a minute, um, bait fishing, right? Because yep. not everyone lure fishes. You no, might be right. listening to this and not real keen on it. Exactly. If you were to bait fish for yellows, um, in, if you're off the bank, you just chuck in a yabby or worms at this time of year. If you're in the boat, right, mm -hmm. and you tie up to those trees, yep. say the best rig to use would probably be a, a sinker on the bottom and two, maybe two hooks with exactly. paternoster rig. Yep, perfect. With probably what, yabbies? Yabbies, shrimp shrimp worms and would you roll them slowly or would you let them sit um, at different heights on the tree i've done this a fair bit when i was younger uh, a lot of the time it's your bottom's going to be your main because you're going to drag the fish down anyway because it's bait and it's smelling Smell. and, 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 and whatever um your bottom you want to work your bottom probably 50 75 percent of the time you know you just drop to the bottom and just up so you do yeah. move it yeah yeah definitely so you're yeah. just doing a slow yeah, rod it's, lift it's not a it's not a consistent roll because that's just not going to look natural you sort of lift let it drop sort of always trying to keep tension 
maybe let it sit on the bottom for a bit, lift again. So just a slow lift? Yeah, like how a lift. And then you, you, um, a lot of times what we used to do is, yeah, you wind, stop, a few slow drops, wind again, get it back into a new depth. Right. And then... So what you're doing yeah. there is, Talos is winding and showing me what he's doing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so you're, you're winding three, four, five cranks. Yep. And then Stop. you're in a new depth, you're a metre higher, yep. and then you're going to go up and down with your rod tip just yep. slowly. So yep. I'm going up, yep. down. So that way it's just, it's basically yep. like the worms going up and down in the current. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. or if there's wind movement or mm -hmm. any turbulence under mm -hmm. there, even though there's not much current, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. and then move it up. A, a new depth. So you, you're doing the same thing, you're working the whole tree, but just... You don't much obviously slower. you don't yeah much slower yeah, and it worked baked works just as well yeah for that style if not better yeah probably would be better definitely um, so if you're keen on bait fishing that's the go to oh, for, for a beginner I'd, if if you got bait go to the timber because a lot of the time there's just going to be fish around timber yep. every time yeah well and truly and what we'll do what we'll do in a future podcast I think uh, the episode that Talis and I sit down for in November mm. we'll do an episode on working for goldens on rocky banks late in the season so we will do an episode talking about how, that. how to target them when they're firing because it changes like we're talking about with the light leader and the slow sinking lures now when November comes around your tactics change and you want to be yeah Totally different. Yeah, it's different, yeah. And when they're firing, we're going to be fishing quick, you know, using different lures. Yeah, we'll we can, touch we can on that. talk about that later. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about that in another episode. But for, for September and October, this is what you want to do. Yep. We'll get into a tactic and talk all about Rocky Banks, November, aggressive fish. Yeah, about your schooling fish and how Rocky points and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Because I, I think by then, me and you'll be doing a lot of fishing and we'll have a few stories and we'll, we'll probably would have learnt more just from now to our next podcast, I'm sure. In the next Yeah, that's month. right. Yeah. We're always learning. Oh, that's it, definitely. Always every learning, time. every year. And you don't learn from your own experience, you also learn from others. Exactly. Like, I met you, you were 14, and I learned from you about chasing yellows in Blair, and you were 14, I, I, I've, I've done it before. And you, you it, it's sort of similar now. You've, um, you were really good at your standing timber, your twiggy trees, fishing them, that's sort of all you'd sort of done early. And then me, on the other hand, never even fished twiggy trees, always just trying to find the schools on the rocky banks. And then we sort of learn out to each other, and now we're now, catch, catching fish, doing the same. Both. Yeah, but now we fish tactics. twiggy trees at the right yeah. time of year, yep, exactly. and we fish the rocky banks. The right. Although I will be honest and agree that your way is better. You get bigger fish, Big, more fish. Yeah, yeah. You're spot on. Definitely more fun. Um, okay, so let's touch on a little bit about river yellows. Yep. Just a technique. We head to a river. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to fish bank walking. A lot of people, bank walking is accessible, it's easy. Yep. Rivers, creeks, you can do it. What, yep. What's the approach? You've got your bait caster set up. Yep. What Usually, kind of lure? I, I bank walk a lot this time of year, uh, obviously, because the days start to get longer and you can go after work. And Especially yeah, when daylight savings changes. That's right. And like you touched on earlier, um, Arvo bite is key in September, early um, October. Yep. The, you know, if you get a good warm day, a good weather, that Arvo bite can be full on. And, you know, it's so much fun. You just you go out to the river for the afternoon, catch two or three, and you're happy. Even if you get one or two, you, you know, you can't complain. Um, Lure-wise, I usually only carry one rod um, with a spinnerbait, and that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple. You, you don't need much gear at all. You just go out and just cast your lures and um, fish quick because when the weather's warm, the, the fish are going to be active, and you know that you know, a lot of the times where now would be different you'd work a, work a bit of timber a lot because you right. know they're not going to hit it straight away. But yep. when it starts to warm up, um, you can fish as quick as you want. And Say a lot October. of the time. Yeah, it's when it's when Rivers are warm by October, aren't they? Yeah, Different usually, lakes. Usually. It, but, they warm up quicker. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm a killer for, yeah, just fishing pretty quick and, and, and it definitely works. So I noticed you fish 
Um, so say you've got a waterway, every waterway is different. You've got timber, um, you've got rocky banks. You'll fish anywhere that there's a pocket where a fish will hide. But mm-hmm. yeah, yep. you move the spinnerbait through quite quite quickly. Yep. Get it in, whip it out because yellows are quick and chase. Oh, so quick, yeah, yeah. And a lot of times that's why I enjoy bank walking a lot because you're on the bank. Um, they're, where they're going to be is usually up against the bank. So <laughs> I, I find where I fish, it's pretty clear. Yeah. So 50% of the hits you see from the bank. Where in the boat, because you're casting in, you usually get hit straight away, but it's different on the bank because you're casting the opposite way, you can bring it back towards you. And yeah, some of the hits are pretty cool. Like come right up and they're just, they're such a quick fish. And you- um, No matter the size, like it, yeah, no matter the size, they're just quick and they fight so hard, oh, they hit hard. So when you're fishing for them, you'll kind of be like, you walk to the spot, say you've got a log in front of you, you've got a bit of a rocky bit, You'll cast out, but you don't you don't really care about where it lands. You and you kind of wind it in, wind in, and then you sort of get it to the right mm. depth, and then you're concentrating on the bit where it's coming yep, up at your feet. Right. Yep. yep. So you're and not actually worried about you don't fish the lock. Say there's a log out deep. Yep. You probably won't even worry about it, will no, you? No. Because that's you're lock, lock, lock you know how we do from the boat. Um, it's it's it, like it's it's funny because it changes because you're in the boat. You do the opposite. You cast in, let it sink in the prime zone, get it out of there. Go again, let yep. it sink down the log, get it out of there. In the ba- in, off the bank, it's sh- lots of short casts because the key spot is right underneath you. So you short cast, let it sink down, nothing. You know, cast again, let it sink down right at your feet. And sometimes you're only doing two metre casts because the zone's right where you are. And your key go-to would be a spinnerbait? Yes, this and time of year. Uh, but uh, I like, I've touched about this probably before, but hard body's good um, when you're trying to fish a bit quicker. If um, I'm fishing the day, it's high sun, I'd usually use a spinnerbait just to get down in the deep the shade pockets, but if say it's half an hour before last light, chuck a hard body on, fish anywhere, quick, fish quick, you know, just cast, 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 a- any area, because the fish are going to be out and about and it doesn't have to be spot pres- on in that spot shadow. On in, in the spot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough, that that mm-hmm. awesome technique yeah. um, and works really well. So nice. there's not all that much to it, eh? It's just fishing your timber, fishing yeah. your rocky areas, your shadows, even in September, Mm-hmm. Do you fish your shadows or do you ignore them and fish the sunny bits? Uh, your shadows, your deep spots are still going to be key, but it's more about getting it right in there because they, they they just they hold it tighter to structure. Yeah, um, it's yeah they just they sit right up in in their pockets, not as active. Where in spring it doesn't matter. You can sort of get it out a bit, and they're going to be they're going to be anywhere warmer. really. Yeah, when yep. it's warmer. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. key. And it's funny though because uh, we talk about the yellows in the dance, the combos are completely different to the, the it's funny because the fish in the dam 60 centimeters and the river fish 45 centimeters but we're using heavier gear <laughs> like 30 pound fluorocarbon leader and, and then you go from from that like 50 pound braid and 30 fluoro to eight pound braid and six pound but the fish are bigger if that sort and of makes why, sense and why do we do it structure exactly and, yeah because and they hit harder or we think they do anyway yeah, yeah. so it's all about there's two reasons one is accuracy, so you yep. need a bait caster set up, yep. and to cast a bait caster set up you need, well you can get away with light line, but your lures are a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. and also it's because you've got structure and you've yeah, got to right. pull them yep. out quick. Yep. And even when you said we think they hit quicker, they do hit quicker, because mm-hmm. in a river they've yeah, got to hit and turn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the dam they just suck it up and yep. they think, well, I've won got him. Yeah, that's food. it, there's no other, there's no going back to structure, it's just you get your Same own. Same with cod. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So. They, and they are good fun, and they're, they're, it's almost, it is, it's a different style of fishing. It's totally, totally different. Yeah, it's, it's funny because the fish are the exact same, they look the exact same. They're, they're even small, like I said, they're smaller sizes, but they're just, just a different habitat, changes everything. So what's your preferred? What will you do next week, week after? What's your plan? Uh, probably not blaring yet, maybe a couple trips 
and try that sight fishing like we done last year. But uh, yeah, Arvo treats for sure once footy's over and in the river. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep, I think uh, it's not sitting at the ideal height at the moment um, around our area, but I'm sure it's going to drop down a bit in um, the next couple of weeks. I reckon in probably two weeks from now. So a couple of sessions. As always, just see how it goes anyway. Water height, water clarity. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. It, it's all important too. We're talking yeah, about yeah, you know seasons and temperature, but if you yeah. have a crappy water height yeah. and water clarity, it's not going to help. That's it. Yep. So I feel like yeah, just trying to get out, and even if you are a week early or whatever, at least you know, and um, it's always going to be worth a go because yeah, the fish aren't going to be dead like they are in winter. They're going to be here and there, and just starting to yeah, it's just going to start to get good. It's going to be really good. So yeah. if you even say we're on the Bidgee all the way out the Bidgee all the way to where it meets the Murray, same mm. technique, you can mm. walk the bank. That's it. If you're on the Lachlan, you're on the Murray. Yep. Murray's a bit bigger, it's going to be a little bit harder. Yep. But any small rivers, small streams that yep. are loaded with goldens, yep. it's going to be great fun. Yep, yep. just using yeah, little lures, flicking them in, and oh, it's such a yeah, good time of year. It's good fun. Yep. It's good fun. And then it's obviously the empowerment stuff, we touched on that quite in depth. Yep. Um, same thing, I'm heading to Windermere this mm-hmm. week because they're going to be firing there. Yep. And then we'll start, probably at Blaring, we'll do some afternoons before we fish for cod in the dark, chasing those True. yellows. Yep. So Definitely. we might go up at 2 o'clock yep, on exactly. Saturday Arvo, yep. see if we can sight fish yep. a few yellows. Yep. Yep. That's one of my goals this year, actually, to sight fish one at Blaring, because I know we didn't get one. Last, last year, year no, but, well, we only had the one session, but I feel like we should do a couple, couple this year just yep. to see if we can nail one. And it was good. We had one with the hard body, one with the fly. So yeah, it we'd was, take we'd, it in yeah, turns, but if, if it was a bit deep, you'd take yep. him. Yep. If it was super shallow, I'd have a crack. Yep. Um, it. it was really good fun. I remember the morning session along some of those banks. We spotted a couple of big cod too. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I don't, did, I have a, did I have a lure set up for cod? Did I have a swim bait, a real shallow swim bait, but I cast it on its head and spooked it? Yeah. I think so. So we're maybe. talking. Opposite, I remember seeing cod. Yeah, yeah. opposite the pines, mm. on those banks. Mm. That we did. That yeah. was that. So you got the and the water is crystal clear. Oh, it, is. it was a shame that day we had just that bit of cloud cover because it's it made, it made all the difference, didn't it? Because yeah. we know it's clear, but there's a little bit of cloud come over and just you just couldn't yeah, see enough. It. Mm. It's a waste of time because you basically yeah. then just go back to casting and you. you, you yeah. know, no, that's right. You don't know no where they're going to be catching fish really. So that's 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 yellows. That's yellows. Spring. Yep. We're going to touch on them in November. We'll do another yep. podcast. Yep. November certainly is late October. November it certainly is that is that time that you really want to be up there. Now you know you sort of can miss out, but if you want to catch good numbers and big fish, yeah, we'll talk about the next podcast and tell you exactly what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. Yellows. Great fun, mm-hmm. great starting mm-hmm. option as we talked oh, yeah, about. For sure. Uh, and for those lakes that you can't fish for cod. Definitely worth the crack, but even oh, yeah. even like I said, we can go up at lunchtime, chase yeah. yellows. Yeah. If you're at Eildon or Copeton, Blair, yeah. some of those lakes also in Queensland that are open, yeah. go up and fish for yellows in the Arby, yeah. and then you're caught in the dark. It's yeah, well, it can make for a pretty good session, can't it? Like if you you can go out and catch six yellows for the afternoon, then nail a cod, then you're like that's pretty much as good as it gets really as good as it gets yeah Yeah. so if you're listening to this podcast it'll be tuesday wednesday i'm heading to windermere so keep an eye on social media um we'll have some footage and (laughs) photos from windermere um i haven't fished it for a couple of years so it's going to be exciting mitch went up last year and got some really really big fish he got his pb it's good to fish with murray too a bit of local knowledge will go a long way yeah so murray stewart one of the newest guys in the Social fishing yeah, no, team. That'd, that'd be good to fish for him. Gonna have a bit of a chat with him. And yep. like I said, you always learn from other people. That Spot kid there on. knows everything more than me at Windermere. If he was to come down here, <laughs> but that's, that's what I mean. You just gotta learn. Out there, you, you're obviously keen, you're learning, you're listening to this podcast, but right. always be open and learn yep. as much right. as you can. Spot Thanks on. for that, Tal. No I appreciate worries. it, mate. No, awesome. That was a good Beautiful. episode. Sure and yep. hope you enjoy and get out there and chase some yellows, guys. 
There you have it, guys. As always, another jam-packed episode, and we covered plenty of content. Time flies, and it's hard to believe we sat down and spoke for over 50 minutes. And hopefully, for you sitting down and listening to it, it went just as quick and was just as enjoyable. Once again, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and comment what you like about the podcast. And same goes for any of the other podcast apps. Remember, you can also listen to the podcast on the Social Fishing website. Again, a massive thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Spotter's Sunglasses. I've used these sunnies for years and I would never fish without them. As I mentioned earlier, Spotter's took out AFTA Award uh, for the best sunglasses at the show and they continue to innovate and create quality products, including their photochromic range, which is my go-to lens. The penetrator in that photochromic range is my go-to lens when fishing along rivers and creeks for freshwater fish. Why? Because they get brighter and darker according to your environment. So you can wear the same pair of sunnies all day. They are just as effective in low light as they are in the middle of the day. You can view the entire range of spotter sunglasses and their features at spotters.com.au. As you heard us say, the fishing uh, has started to get good, uh, so time to get your gear ready for your next fishing trip, whether it's golden perch, trout, redfin, bass, or even those cod in the lakes that are open year-round. Get out there and give it a crack. As always, thank you for your support, and now it's time to get out in the water and catch those big fish.